are in, in this series, uh, How to Change Your Life. And uh, really, this started back at Easter. Um, when, when uh, you guys remember Easter? Just yesterday, I said, hey, I know we just celebrated something big recently. What was that? You know, oh, yeah, Easter, right? So, uh, but Pastor Shane said this uh, in, in the Easter message. He said, uh, where Jesus is, there will always be life and there will always be change, right? Uh, where Jesus is, there will always be life and, and ultimately always be change. And so uh, this, is, this is kind of the, the, the big idea that, that many people start on the faith journey, right? Many people uh, come to know Jesus. Many people have had faith, uh, you know, type experiences uh, and, 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 and initially change. Like when I came to know Jesus, when I finally surrendered my life to Jesus, like, like some things, and, I, and I'll probably even say like behaviors just like changed, some things just didn't happen anymore, right? You know, kind of thing. Potty mouth. How many of y'all had a potty mouth before Jesus? Oh, just me. That's awesome. Oh, that just means you still have a potty mouth. That's what that means, right? Oh, my gosh, right? Don't mess with me today, okay? So, so here's, here's the thing. Like some things just happen. Like, boom, it's, it, it's over, right? You know? and, and, and what happens is at some point in our journey, sometimes things kind of sidetrack right? Uh, something happened, like sometimes we get discouraged or, or maybe we get distracted or maybe even we quit. We have some, some big thing happen in our life, right? We just kind of give up. And, and today we're really wanting to close this series out with the idea uh, of, of this is all about wisdom to, to finish well, to finish the journey well. But, but as I got to thinking about this, like, like if we're going to talk about, you know, finishing well, we, we probably have to kind of go back and, and because we can't finish well if we haven't started, right? And so I kind of want to go backwards a little bit and, and, and just talk for a minute. Like, like how many of you ever ran at any point in your life, you ever ran a track race? Anybody? Right? Anybody. Right. I think he used to be mandatory, right, in school, you know, kind of thing, right? And, you know, they get in those starting blocks, you know, and uh, I'm not going to, like, get down like they do because I need somebody to come help get me back up. But, uh, but you know, you get started in that, and then, and then the gun goes off, and boom, you're, you know, you're off, right? And uh, how many of you remember in, like, in junior high when they introduced you had to start running the mile? You remember the mile, anybody? Right? And uh, I, I lived down in Orange County at the time, and... Uh, and like, it, like that doesn't matter. I don't even know why I said that. And, and, but, uh, but uh, you know, and in that era of school, like we'd leave the campus. You'd go run around the campus, right? You know, kind of, we were out in the neighborhood running our mile, you know. And, and one thing some of us learned, I was an athletic guy back in the day. Can't tell that now, but, it, but back in the day, you know. And, and so, but one of the things I was too was lazy. And so, uh, so what we figured out was like half the race you, you know, the, tri, the, the, the path you went, half of it you did twice. And so, so, so me and some of my buddies realized if we hide in these bushes, we'll wait for the fast ones to come back around, and then we'll join the race. How many of you ever done that before? Come on. Come on. You ran three laps, not four. You lied, right? You know, kind of thing. And so... So here's the thing. So, so we finish up. We get like our record times, you know, six minute, 12 seconds, you know, whatever. I don't even know. Uh, you know, you're like, that's not a record, but it would be for me. So, so, so we, we, we come in, we do our thing, and, and, uh, and, 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 and then what happens? There's always those people that really work hard. They always end up telling on you, don't they? 
Come on, you guys that have cheated before, you know that, right? And, you know, and, and so what happened? We got narked off, right? We got in trouble. It should have been obvious. We were the ones completing a, a six-minute mile with no sweat on our brow, right? But, but, but it's what we do. Sometimes we, we, we don't get sidetracked. We actually take shortcuts, right? And, 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 and shortcuts ultimately sound great in the, in the beginning, and then ultimately they kind of bite us in the end. And, and I think that's exactly what happens in our, in our faith journey sometimes. So we got to understand, we've, we've got to be able to start if we're going to finish well. And, and I want you to write this on your outline. To start with God means to believe that Jesus' death was a payment for your sins, that's the that's starting place, is recognizing that, that what Jesus did on the cross was for you. Like legitimately, your name was involved, right? And you're like, well, it had happened a lot of thousands of years ago. But that's, that's, the, that's that, that, uh, that God that knows everything, that he created you. So why in the world, if he created you, would he not know you, right? And so, so God ultimately sent his son to die on the cross to, to pay, make a payment for your sins. And, and, and you can write just underneath that, just write, I need to surrender. Right? Just write, I need to surrender. Like, like that's just the, the, the beauty of recognizing how we start this, this faith journey. It, it's ultimately by surrender. Right? And matter of fact, you, you've read this verse before. You've heard it before. You know, kind of thing. John chapter 3, uh, three verse 16 says, for, uh, this is how God loved the world. Right? He gave his one and only son so that everyone, and, and I'd circle that word every. I'd underline it, put a box around it, whatever you do, right? But, but, but call that word out. Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Like that's the beauty that, that we get to, that, to live in, right? And then verse 17, not as popular, by the way, for some reason, as, as verse 16. Can I tell you another shortcut Christian people make? They, they read the Bible, and then you come across a verse that you really like, and then you stop because you like it. You're like, oh my gosh, man, God just spoke to me, right? This is huge, right? And I, and I just want to tell you, if that was good, keep reading, right? Like there's going to be more. And so in verse 17, he says this. He says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Like, this is the beauty. This is what the race is all about. As a matter of fact, the only reason we're still here today and that Jesus hasn't ultimately returned is because there are those that have not heard the message of Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. Let's just do something real quick. Let's all stand up. You're killing me right now. <laughs> Let's put our hands in the air. Shake them like you don't care. Okay. Sit back down. <laughs> Listen. Like this is, this is what is so significant about the time we're living in. 
What's significant isn't that we can argue all these things that are happening and we're so upset that our world's going to hell in a handbasket and all these kinds of things. You know, no, what's significant is this, that we have work to do in sharing the message of Jesus with the world around us. It's not for you to pick and choose. Who knows? You don't know. And the reality is, some people don't even know that you know Jesus because of the way you live your life. Right? Isn't that crazy? And so, so listen, if we're going to start in this, we've got to recognize, like, John 3.16 isn't just a cool thing. Right? It's not just an idea, you know, kind of thing. It's not just something to put a placard up at a football game or, or, or one to be like, oh, I know that one. This is one that literally becomes our motivation, that he loved the world so much he gave his only son so everyone who believes in him, not just for you, you, you believe in him and now you kind of hang it up and you're all good because you believe? That doesn't do anything for anybody. God saved you so that you'd go and share the message with others, not just for your little comfort, right? And then he says he sent his son to the world not to judge the world. And so much of the world, right, uh, so much controversy. No, you're judging, you're judging. Let me tell you, my Savior came to save you, yeah. Right? This, this world isn't about judgment, it's about salvation through Jesus, and that's how we start. So can I tell you this, if you don't feel like you've started the race, if you don't understand, afterwards in our lounge, you can go there, you, they can answer questions, I'll be on the patio, come see me, uh, I would love to talk to you about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, because the starting place is critical. Now, for those that maybe have started, man, and you found yourself kind of sidetracked. I think there's a million reasons why we get sidetracked, but I think, it, I think there's kind of three umbrellas, if you will, that everything else falls underneath, right? And so you can write this down. The first one is this. I get sidetracked when I stop reading the Bible. I get sidetracked when I stop reading the Bible. So that means for some of you sitting here today, if you wondered if you were sidetracked, you now know. You're sidetracked. It's in park. It's out of gas. You're waiting for AAA, right? Like, like we, we, you know, we're, 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 we're parked, you know, kind of thing, right? Why? Because the, the word of God is life-giving, right? It, it breathes life into us. And so much of life is really, uh, you know, listen, Everybody makes lame excuses, right? Everybody's got lame excuses. Are you with me? You're going to have to start working with me or we're going to change some things up here this morning. So you might as well get ready right now, okay? So some of y'all make lame excuses, don't you? Yeah. And you should say you do too, Pastor Kevin. You know, say it. Say it. Thank you. Thank you, right? I'm the master of lame excuses, Right? So how many of you don't read very well or you don't like to read? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. lame excuse. <laughs> no, really, really it is because that's me. I don't like to read. It's not my thing, right? As a matter of fact, with, with ADD and just all my weird ways, you know, kind of, I have to stand up to read, right? If I sit down, if I sit here and read for 10 minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall asleep, Right? And then that becomes my, I was reading the word and then I fell asleep. <laughs> Sorry, God, you made me, right? <laughs> right? Lame, 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 right? What happened? Listen, 
Listen, so there are things we can do to help us be able to read. You've got to figure it out for you. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but did you know you can actually listen to the Bible being read to you? Isn't that a trip? You can pick different voices. You can have that, like, European voice. You can have, you know, Australian voice, you know, kind of thing. You can have that real manly voice, right? The word of God, thus saith the Lord. You know, you can choose King James. You can choose... You don't even have an excuse for not being in God's word. You just don't, right? Because when we're surrendered, this is, this is what's going to happen in our life. Now, what I love about the scripture, you know, is recognizing like, like there is no other historical, uh, you know, document that has the, 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 the proof, the evidence, like the historical components, the, 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 the uh, what am I even trying to say here? Look at your notes, the manuscripts, Right? It's amazing. Like, there's nothing that compares to the Word of God. The, the, the amount of ancient manuscripts that would prove, like, this is it. Right? This, the history we learn in school doesn't have this kind of historical evidence. Right? And so this is critical to it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This is great. All Scripture is inspired by God. Listen, it says it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It says it corrects us when we're doing wrong and it teaches us what to, uh, uh, teaches us what to do, what is right. I don't even know what I'm saying. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do what? Every good work. Like if the word of God was just a right and wrong book, it would be critical for our lives. But it's not just about right and wrong. It's about equipping you. Listen, that means without it, you're not equipped. You get that? Right? Without it, you're not equipped. You don't have what it takes. Doesn't that bug you when somebody says that of you? You're like, who are you to say that about me? But, but, it, but it says, like, listen. It's inspired by God. It's useful, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to prepare and equip us, God's people, his people, to do every good work. So when our lame excuses exist of like, I don't know, that's just not me, man. That's not my style. God's like, how about you let me equip you, right? How about you let me equip you? And we'll see what kind of progress we can ultimately make, right? This is that beautiful idea that the word of God is so critical. And if we're sidetracked, there's a great chance it's because we stopped reading the Bible. Number two, you can write it down in your outline, is that I get sidetracked when I stop praying. When I stop praying. And I love some of your minds right now. You're like, this is simple. This is so simple. I came for the deep stuff. Sometimes we're just full of deep stuff, but we don't do the correct stuff, okay? So listen, this is so, so critical for our lives that we get sidetracked when we stop praying. Now we know the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says never stop praying. It says that. Pray without ceasing if you like that better, right? You know, kind of thing, right? Like, like it's literally, like don't. But, but, 
but often we don't pray. And then it says, it says never stop. And so, so that's the weird thing is when, when, when the only time we, we pray is, is we, we start to pray is, is when things are like falling apart, right? But the scriptures say don't even stop. So, so life is about this, this crazy balance of like when we stay in God's presence and we stay in communication, like how does marriage work when you don't communicate? Probably not good. Some of you are probably in that right now, right? And, and sometimes we, we make this resolution in our brain. It's easier to not say anything because then we'll just fight if we say anything. Can I tell you that's called a bad place? That means your marriage is sidetracked, right? It's the same principle. Like, so never stop praying, Right? And in this whole process, like one of the lame excuses I think that I've, I've made is like, I don't even know what to say. Right? Are there times when you start to pray and you're like, God, I don't even know what to say? Only me. Okay, good. Good. I always feel better when there's at least two of us, right? We're, we're two or three gathered together in his name. There I am in their midst. So, anyway, I just don't like to fly solo. So, so as long as there's a couple of us, right, that, that it's like, I don't even know what to say sometimes. I mean, I'll never forget growing up in church. I grew up in church, man, and, and, and there was this particular individual that when they called on him to pray at the end of service, I just wanted to throw my hands up, man. My gosh, lunch just got put on hold. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> this guy was gonna change his voice. He was gonna change his personality. He was gonna pray for everything under the sun, and I, I was having nothing with it. Like, you know how fast I can come to God right before a meal? Right? And this guy wanted to pray for her. He wanted to preach the pastor's message all over again, man. And I felt like if he had listened once, he'd have been fine. Our Father in heaven. I'm like, dude, that's not even you. Who are you trying to be? Like, because that has nothing to do with prayer. What I, what I love, and you can write it on because it's not on your outline, Romans 8, uh, verse 26, 27, you know, it talks about how, how the Holy Spirit takes what our heart is trying to communicate. It communicates it to a perfect God in heaven. Like it's not even the words that come out of our mouth that, that really matter. It's what we're trying to say. Have you ever said, I just don't feel like I have the right words to your spouse? How many of your parents in here? Have you ever said to your kid, I don't even know what to say right now? <laughs> Let me tell you, when you think that, go to God real quick, man. Because there's a great chance whatever you're about to say is not going to be good. Because we say, I don't, know what I, I don't even know what to say right now. And then I'm thinking, no, but I'm sure it's going to take 30 minutes, Dad, right? <laughs> you know, I can preach and did a pretty decent sermon, all right? My kids are like, seriously, bro, what, uh, you know? What, what are we saying? Like when we go to God, like it's not about what we say. It's what our heart's trying to communicate. I love this idea of, of how the simplicity of God saying, I love you so much, I'm going to make a way possible so that my perfect Father in heaven will completely understand your broken heart. Yes. I love that. So it's, it's, so it's not like i got to come up with special words. It's that I need to literally just share my heart. 
And can I tell you, the more time we spend in prayer talking to Jesus, then the words are going to be there for our children. And sometimes those words are, hey, son, we just need to pray right now. And you don't have to follow it up with the next phrase of like, otherwise I'm going to beat you. Like, you don't have to say that, right? I'm going to beat your butt, you know, because we're going to pray right now, you know. I've said that because I don't know what else to do. I'm wanting to swat your butt right now, bro, you know. We need to spend time praying, and when we don't, we're sidetracked. Number three, write it down. I get sidetracked when I'm not connected to others who are on the same journey. I'm sidetracked when I'm not connected to others who are on the same journey, man, because being connected to God's body matters. It matters. Because the scriptures take a lot of time to help us understand how we all operate and function as different parts of the body. Right? You don't think your toe, big toe is necessary until you break it. Then you realize how, how actually that one thing affects so many other things. Well, somebody sitting here today may be a broken big toe. And listen, because you're broken, it affects the whole body. This is why it's so critical that we are challenging and loving each other to greater heights in Jesus. This is why it matters that, that, that we're in the word, that we're praying, that we're, that we're connected because, because listen, you can look at me with a broken toe and I can be limping and you can say, hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, nah, everything's good, man. How many times have you said everything's good when things weren't good? Anybody? Well, that's it? Wow. Eight, 9 a.m. is a good surface, man, you know? <laughs> Woo. Right? Why? Be- because, because we minimize the difficulty. Why? Because we don't want to admit we're not, we're not in the word, man. We're not praying. But, but God has put people in our life to help us. Right? And then we just say, yeah, yeah, I'm just too prideful. Well, that's a sin. Just like lust. Just like your potty mouth. Just like a million other things. What's not a sin is relying on one another. That's not a sin. That's actually a benefit. That makes us stronger in this whole thing, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build one another up, right? It's critical that we're in community with one another to be able to do that. Proverbs 27.17, you've heard it a million times. Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend, Right? Iron sharpening iron means there's a connection, right? And so, so it all matters. Why does it matter? John 13, verse 35, you'll see it there. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Listen, the, the reason we need to be connected, right, is this, what, this is what shows the world. Where in this world is unity? Tell me where. God's church. God's church is where there's unity. And you're like, well, but there's not, because I just, I saw somebody and I heard somebody and I this. Listen, God has laid out how that we operate in unity, how we care for one another. When you see, when you see a, a brother stumble, you who are, 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 are stronger, right, you go and what? You restore them. You don't kick them while they're down, Right? 
So this is, this, this is what we have to understand. When we're sidetracked, there's very, very important things that are happening or not happening in our life. That's the reason we're sidetracked. We cannot shortchange connection. It just doesn't work. So how do, how do we ultimately finish well? Like we've started now, right? How, how, do, we, how do we finish well? And I think this is, this is critical, right? Just write this down in your outline. It, it's as simple and small as a mustard seed. It's as simple and small as a mustard seed, right? And you're like, I don't even understand what that means, right? Check it out. Can you see this, can you see this mustard seed right here? Somebody said, yes, you've got great vision. That's awesome. <laughs> Check this out. This is pretty wild. Put, just put your hand out, yeah. There, there's two. You just got a double portion. That's awesome. Check this out. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not walking all the way back there. If you didn't sit in the front row, you're not getting anything. <laughs> yeah, that's your problem, all right? You're like, well, I want to see. Well, figure it out for yourself, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, front row. We got somebody else in the front row over here. <laughs> Sit in the back. Sit in the back, man. Go for it, all right? You get nothing, right? Yeah. And this side's like, what about me? I'm coming. My gosh. How fast do I have to be? We started here, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. Uh, mustard seed. My fat fingers are not letting that. Hey, look at the devil pork. Just keep it. It's easier. It's easier. Yeah. Check this out. This is wild. Don't eat it. No, no. Somebody, somebody literally did my office. I'm like, what are you doing? That's weird. Check that out right there. Oh, you got two. Lucky you. Here's what he says. I don't even know how to get on stage. Here's what he says. Listen, God didn't make the faith journey complicated. He didn't make it so hard. Right? The NFL draft just happened. Right? Some of y'all, you good? You're all excited? Two people. That's awesome. Three. All right. That's cool. (laughs) I wouldn't be excited either for some of your teams, but anyway, all right. <laughs> and they make all this thing, you know, and it's like, you know, thousands playing college football, right? And then like 300 and some odd get invited to these, these NFL combine training things where they showcase themselves, and then there's only like 200 people drafted. Are my numbers somewhere in the zone? 262, man. I knew Redbeard, bro, you know. This is my new friend we just met last week, man. It's all good. He's gray right now, but during the season, he's red. So anyway. (laughs) So listen. Listen, here's my point. Here, Here it is. All this work, man, these dreams of everything, right? And it's like this tiny little possibility. What God says is, all it takes on my team is the tiniest of faith. Isn't that cool? He didn't say, man, you've got to be like this crazy, steroided out monster, right? He says what? It takes the tiniest of faith to look at that mountain and say, mountain, move. And I don't have that power. I have the faith in Jesus. He has the power to do it. That's who we're trusting, Right, that's the beauty of it. That's how we deal with despair. That's how we deal with difficult circumstances. He didn't make it so you've got to be some crazed out, you know, monster of a person of faith. He says, if he just had the faith of a mustard seed. Isn't that crazy? 
right? And so this is really the beauty. Imagine now, if you imagine, if you will, that everybody in this room, right, three, 400 people sitting in this room, imagine if everybody who's a believer in Jesus has just the faith of a mustard seed. Imagine what the faith of this room could accomplish. Isn't that crazy to think? Apparently not. I want, I want you to get this. You're making it harder than it was ever intended to be. This isn't solely dependent upon you. You know you're making your marriage harder than it's supposed to be? Do you know if you, it, it, listen, if, if you would spend more time with Jesus and, and becoming a man of God, your marriage would be better? And then the men are like, yeah, but you don't know my wife. I don't. You don't know mine either. Listen, ladies, if you'd spend more time growing in your faith and being a woman of God, it'll change. I'm telling you, on your own, you don't have the ability to do it. Right? But with God, all things are possible. He can take what is dead and make it alive. Right? And that becomes the, 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 the thing that we've got to be able to celebrate. So Philippians chapter 2 says this. Philippians chapter 2 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you. This is the Apostle Paul talking, right? He said, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. So he says this, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Shh, work hard. Can I just point you back to the mustard seed? That, that's what that means. Okay. Because you're like, wait a minute, he just said work hard. That's what I've been doing for all these years. And no, 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 no. The mustard seed. Mustard seed, right? Right? So he says, work out, you know, show the results of yourself. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Listen, here's how we finish strong. Write this on your outline. Is that we mimic what we see Jesus do. We, we mimic what we see Jesus do. Okay? Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Uh, but here's what I love. Matt, this, this, passage, this passage finds a way in every Bible study, every lesson, every sermon I ever preach. This verse just weasels its way in. It's, 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 it's just crazy. This is what he says. You've heard this verse, uh, come to me, you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You know, that's one of the versions, right? This is the message paraphrase when he says, says this. Jesus says this, walk with me and work with me. He says, watch how I do it. You get that? He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. The, the faith journey is not heavy, it's not ill-fitting. It fits. You're just bearing more than you're supposed to bear. You're taking on more than you're supposed to take on. Allow Jesus to do his job, right? You do yours, the faith of a mustard seed, right? So he says this, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Man, being free and light. Bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on, right? 
Listen to what it says in Psalm 37, 4. You've, you've read it before, uh, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I love that passage, one of my life verses. In the message paraphrase, it reads this way. Keep company with God, get in on the best. <laughs> Listen, if you don't feel like you're getting in on the best right now, I'm gonna tell you how you self-correct that. You get in with God, right? Like, like you, start, you start keeping company with God and all of a sudden, man, other things are gonna change in your life right? You start keeping company with God in his word and, and praying and connecting with his body, right? Other believers. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, life's going to be different. It doesn't mean circumstances aren't going to be hard. No, it doesn't mean that. But it means the way through is going to be much clearer and more easy to bear. Why? Because he says, I'm not going to put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That's not me. That's not my style. And we don't like it. But somehow or another, it's what we do. Isn't that crazy? We, we self-harm ultimately ourselves in all of this. So number two, write it down. How do we finish strong in this? Is we surrender to God and we allow him to do his part. We surrender to God. You got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. And somehow, this is countercultural the way our, our sinful mind works. Somehow, surrendering and saying, You got me, is the most freeing thing <laughs> that we could ever do. Because now I can say, I am yours, and you are mine. And now I don't have to manufacture joy. I don't have to manufacture peace. I don't have to manufacture happiness. By the way, I suck at all of those. But God makes a way possible for each one of us when we surrender to him. That becomes the beauty of it all. Listen to what it says once again, Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you. Listen to this. Listen, if you started your journey, God is working in you, giving you the desire. You, here's a lame excuse. I just don't know if I have the desire. Well, maybe you don't know Jesus. Because it says he's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I just haven't found what works. You haven't found Jesus. You're still trying it on your own. So I don't care, listen, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care how many Bible studies you lead. I don't care how far along you are in whatever journey you think you're on. If you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus and said, I am so tired of trying to carry this load myself, come into my life, become my Lord and Savior, you're not living the life that he planned for you to live. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you've made a way possible for us to have life and not just life, but the greatest life that could ever be dreamed up. And to know, God, that, that in the midst of all of that, we don't have to keep trying to do right, that, that, that you're working in us 
God, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for these inspired words from, from Paul. When, he, when he's challenging us and, and loving on us and encouraging us that you're at work in us. And, and you're giving us the desire and the, and, and the power and giving us everything we need. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. And I pray for those right now that maybe just kind of on that, on that edge of like, I don't know if I even believe in all of this. I don't know. Maybe some are sitting here today, Lord, saying, I need this. I need this. I need this. I just don't even know what to do. God, I pray that today, today they would just talk to you, remembering that it's what their heart's trying to communicate. It's not even the words we're saying, but to know that we believe that you died for our sins. You died for our sins. And three days later, you conquered death so that we could have life. We believe it. We live it. We love you. And together we said amen.